Kathy Motlasana on SAFM. Well, it's good to hear I'm not the only one who's a bit pessimistic. I, I suppose it becomes a case of catch me if you can, right? And uh, an ongoing uh, an ongoing um, struggle to, to, to try and catch those that, uh, that, that are affected and, and bring them to book. But these processes can be incredibly complicated. All right, let's turn our attention to this now. This uh, weekend, we are marking uh, international international albinism awareness day on sunday and what we see in our country is that unfortunately we still have many people who are killed uh, simply because they are living with albinism we've had several protests take place in fact to commemorate this particular day but to also uh, raise awareness and to ask for greater intervention uh, from government when it comes to the protection of people who are living with albinism some of the issues that they have raised include being isolated from our society, feeling that they are not accepted in our society and that they are not able to fully participate within the processes of our society. And uh, I will not speak on their behalf. In fact, let me welcome to the show uh, Nompilo Gladla, who is an ambassador of Albinism Awareness and Educational uh, Campaign and is also the founder of NSD Career and Training Institution. Nompilo, good morning to you and thank you for your time this morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Sure. Uh, Reality Mkati is also a person who is living with albinism. Reality, let me thank you for your time today. Hi, Kathy. It's so good to be back with you. Uh, Thank you so much (laughs) for having me. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much for being available. I think perhaps let's just start um, with setting the context for South Africans so that um, when we talk about the challenges that you raise about society and some of the challenges that you in particular as individuals who are living with albinism face, uh, people can understand where it is that you are coming from. So, Nompilo, let me begin with you. In what ways do you think that your life is different to the lives of any other South African, um, especially particularly because you're living with albinism? Okay. Um, my life is different in a very negative way, mm-hmm. living in South Africa, which is a democratic country and we all have basic human rights. However, as a person with albinism, I feel my rights are being violated almost every day, mm-hmm. having to walk every day and explain to people the condition of albinism, explaining to people that you're not living with albinism, but you have the condition of albinism. Mm. Imagine me going around saying people with HIV, okay, you are living with HIV every day. So that's the first challenge, having to explain myself every day, Mm. the condition as well, because people have different perceptions around the condition. Hence, we have these negative myths around it that we have supernatural powers that we bring that's how body parts bring luck to to individuals. And also the the rights that are being violated as well is we live in fear and also our basic human rights because not every 
not everyone is fortunate enough to have to go to mm-hmm. a good school. At a, so our rights to education are also are violated because the condition comes with other negative and other medical conditions like you get a very bad eyesight. So you get teased at school. Like I remember in primary, I was teased that um, um, I'm not smart enough because I used to sit in front in class. At first, I also didn't understand the the eyesight problem. So I used to struggle a lot with eyesight. So I used to be teased that I can't see properly. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm dumb. Also, the teachers also didn't understand the the condition and also the the effect it comes with it. So it's that and also being isolated, having in during break times at school, you get kids don't want to play with you because they're saying you're going to, their kids are going to be white like you. I remember this one time they used to hold their button during break because they were they feared that they're going to be white like me. So for them, sure. their knowledge was holding your button was mm. preventing being white like me. And also being called an albino. Because mm. the condition of albinism happens both in animals and humans. So the the minute you say albino, you are classifying me as an animal. But albinism is the correct term to use. Mm. All of those things, which takes it back to the very crucial parts, the self-esteem. Growing up as an individual, with the lack of self-esteem, you are deprived from a lot of things that you would have accomplished if you had the correct stable self-esteem so it it was really a struggle and also being hidden from the public because our parents fear that people have these misunderstanding about their condition so Mm. you were always protected like everywhere you go you had to be cautious and it's been it's been it's been too long now The, the cases that happen now it's 2021 have happened decades ago so it shows that education is not out there because kids always ask, why are you white? Which means the kids are curious. They want to know mm-hmm. why, what is this condition? And when they get information, they get information from the wrong people, then the, the wrong informa- information, and they grow up with that information. Mm-hmm. So educating be the best way to go. Nompilo, I, I think that this 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 is a, a very good point for uh, for me to to clarify one thing with you, and this is over the issue of of language. and And you said that you don't want to be referred to as somebody who's living with albinism. What is the correct way to refer to it? It's a person with albinism. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for that. And it's a correction on, 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 on my part as well. Uh, so thanks for that, uh, Numbilo. R- Reality, let me bring you into the conversation and, and perhaps a bit about your own story and, and your own experience. Uh, thank you, Kathy. Um, you know, as a people, we evolve. Um, I remember last year when I was on here and mm. I shared my story, um, pretty much like my, my sister who just spoke, um, you know, it was pretty much just um, a life of isolation, but mostly in the mind, you know, because, um, you know, you grow up and nobody knows how to treat you, you know, uh, even within your own family. Sometimes, you know, it's not properly addressed, you know, so you kind of go through life, um, figuring it out by yourself, 
um, you know, taking ridicule from society um, and, and so forth, you know. Um, and it was hard. It was hard. The bullying at school, I mean, yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, we, we, we went mm-hmm. through it. Um, but now, you know, Kathy, as I'm coming into my, my young adult life, um, I, I've found that life is, is all about perspective, you know. Um, so I've come into a point in my life where, you know, I've decided to be the light of the world. You know, because, you know, my sisters, they're talking about um, education, you know, um, because I'm finding that the reason why another person, we treat another person so, you know, cruelly, uh, it's because of a lack of understanding. Um, it's a lack of a, a, a renewed mind, mm. a mind you know that, that that can you know you know fathom um, that we we are the same, you know. Um, and I found that discrimination is just discrimination um, all around. I think mm. I mentioned this last year that you know you find in the in the African community, for example, there was a time where you know, um, for lack of a better word, black people were facing dis- discrimination. You know, whether in Africa in the Americas where they were being referred to as, as animals, you know? So now it's like you come from the womb of an African person and you come out different and you face the same, um, you know, same thing, you know? So you Af- you're in Africa, you've been rejected by Africa, you know? Um, but I've just found that it's very important um, to find and make up your own identity, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to identify yourself with what you believe, right? So for example, um, I don't identify as an albino, you know, mm-hmm. because that's not what my ethos um, aligned with, you mm-hmm. know. For me, I identify myself with my faith, for example, right? I identify myself with um, who the Lord Jesus says that I am, for example. That's just me, right? Um, and when I look into my faith, you know, the Bible says that I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. And there's never a point in time where I look at the Word of God and I find, um, you know, because... Albinism is, you know, they say you're an albino or whatever. It's a scientific term. You know, they say you have a lack. There's a deficiency in you, right? But according to who? According to who? Because, you know, you look at science, as I'm saying, there was a time where they said, you, Kathy, you're so beautiful, Kathy. But there was a time where years ago, you would have been looked at and identified. They said, no, you are less than an animal. You don't have a soul, mm-hmm. you know? So I've learned to not let people or man identify who and what I call myself, right? But I rather identify myself with something greater than myself. So as a result, now that I've found my voice, um, I can use my voice to give others a voice. I can use my voice to empower other people, mm-hmm. to edify other people, to exhort other people, to say, you don't have to be what society says that you are, but what do you identify as, you know? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a level of consciousness where you go above uh, the opinions, the harmful opinions of, of people. Mm-hmm. Because then if you are renewed on the inside, then you're able to radiate a light. You know, you know, when I was growing up before, I used to walk around, you know, with my head down because people are like, oh, you look weird. But now I go out and I say, yes, this is who I am. I'm different. And I'm going to celebrate my difference, whether you read as or not. And when I celebrate my difference, I give you liberty to be yourself, right? And that's how we start to um, properly, you know, induce diversity, where we say, guys, we are different, but it's not so that we can point and, you know, cause harm to each other, but it's so that we can celebrate one another, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so that's just um, my, my perspective of it. It's like, I, I, I don't choose to identify um, in what the world says I am, but who Jesus says that I am. I'm, I'm listening to, to both of you speak, and I, I'm just curious to know, what has led you in terms of your own personal paths to being the kind of women that you are today, especially 
uh, growing up and having these traumatic experiences in childhood where you are ridiculed for being who you are and then being able to turn that around. Numpilo, you are an ambassador um, for the Albinism Awareness and Educational Campaign. It takes, I would imagine, from a a personal development uh, and a personal space quite a lot to be able to shun the voices that have tried to break you down and actually take up your space and take up your own power and say this thing that society is trying to use against me, I'm actually going to turn that around. Mm. Uh, Yes. um, For me growing up in the rural areas where these cases happen a lot in the rural areas, Growing up, having to go to school and varsity as well, I think that's where my eyes were actually opened and the mm. perception and my self-esteem actually developed in, in varsity where mm. I was like, okay, there are a million other people from the rural areas where there's lack of knowledge around albinism. So me getting this breakthrough at this age, why not... I I help other individuals out there to get their breakthrough at a very early stage, at a, a primary level stage where they can live freely from there, where they can develop their self-esteem from there. Because with me, it took me quite a journey to develop this character that I have today. As I'm saying, it developed fully well in, in high in varsity. So... For me, that's where I was like, okay, no, I need to do something about this. Mm. I need to get the education and the message across at a very early level to avoid this thing for future generations. Because I believe we need to educate this in order for it to to change. Because take cases like the HIV and teenage pregnancy, those things are now enrolled in schools. They are educated in schools. So kids grow up knowing there are such challenges in life. So why not with also the albinism condition that from an early age, I know this is a genetic condition and it's normal. There's nothing wrong Mm. with with the person with albinism. So with education, I think it will basically break this thing for for a very long time. Do you think that there were particular experiences in, in your university days um, that you had that that left you a lot more empowered than, than what your childhood had given you? Um, yes. Okay, in varsity, it's a, it's a very vast environment. Mm. You get different people from different countries, different backgrounds. So engaging with different people and also being involved in this different platforms and schools in varsity because I was a peer educator as well. I think that's where I actually grew being a peer educator. That's where I I embraced my difference and grew from it. So, mm. And not everyone is privileged enough to get to varsity. So we wouldn't say everyone's going to reach that stage. So why not be the voice of the people at in the rural areas and townships. Mm. 
All right, we're having a conversation uh, raising awareness about albinism. That's part of what is happening on Sunday, and I'm in conversation uh, with different guests who are um, who who, who I'm, I'm I'm having a conversation uh, with our with our different guests rather, and uh, I understand that on the line we just have Nomasondo uh, Mazibuko, who's the founder and the national director of the Albinism Society of South Africa. That's also uh, going to be weighing in and and sharing um, her own experiences. We'll talk about the different uh, work that um, the the women are doing and what it actually means for them to be able to be the voices of these various campaigns. Okay, it's edging towards 11.30. Nomsam Kluli is standing by with your latest news headlines. on SAFM. We continue the conversation on the talking point and we're highlighting uh, just some of the challenges that people with albinism are facing in this country and what it is that we as a society can be doing to not only raise awareness about this condition, but also ensure that we create spaces that are safe for people with albinism and take away perhaps from the danger that uh, they face within communities. You've heard the stories where people have been murdered, where they've been killed uh, for multiple reasons and uh, a lot of them are around some of the harmful myths that that exist where uh, people with albinism are concerned. I've been talking to Numpi Tlaga who is an ambassador of Albinism Awareness and Educational Campaign Reality Ngati is also one of our guests this morning. And Nomasonto Mazibuko is the founder and national director of Albinism Society of South Africa. Mama Mazibuko, let me welcome you to this conversation. And perhaps from your own experience, especially being uh, the founder of this particular society in the country, over the years, have you found that um, attitudes are changing as information uh, begins to spread in t- into our communities about people with albinism? Thank you very much, Cassie, uh, for this conversation. And let me congratulate the young women to say I feel so much uh, empowered because there is a succession plan. Now I can rely on the two um, uh, ladies to say, Unompilo, is there to educate as an ambassador. She is core. And Uriality is one of the ladies that I know. It is very encouraging that as a, as, a, as, a, as a mother, as a lady, as a woman in this country, yes, the young women are taking it head on. Kathy, attitudes have changed because I started by educating. I was personally discriminated for a, a, a position of deputy principal, mm-hmm. but now we see, still see that people cannot be employed, even if when you have the qualification, sitting around interviews, people still look at you not once, but twice to say the certificates, yes, are in front of us in her CV or mm-hmm. his CV. Is he going to make it? So there is a, that doubt. But I must say, attitude has changed. You have seen more people with albinism. When you grew up, there were five or six or none in your area. And the spitting on people's uh, 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 chest and the attitude of the children. We are striving very hard 
as a sector to educate and engage government. Because, Kathy, we can, we can talk and be pink in the face, but if government is not engaging us, when we speak of government, we speak all the departments. Mm-hmm. Our businessism cuts across. So, as Unompido says, let's start by getting the LO uh, uh, to teach people, uh, young lay, uh, children at uh, 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 early childhood education to say, as you're sitting around this table or this ring or at the sand pit, mm-hmm. Nomasonto is not white as European. Nomasonto is one of us. But Nomasonto, skin and eye and hair lacks melanin. So it is the education that should go on. Find it in their curriculum, right through into health, teach the, the midwives, teach the nurses, teach the doctors. Because as a labor ward, when Kathy gives birth to a child with albinism, the midwife says, who in your family looks like this? And they, mm. would, they would tweet and think, is she white? During those apartheid years, you will be seen to have had an immorality act mm. with a white person. Mm. But now we are stronger. Our theme international says against all odds. Keep on shining. We have that strength to say against all odds. We will find our way. It is not yet Uhuru politically and worse with people with albinism because we must explain. Each time I get into a situation, I must explain. Mm. COVID has seen us to say we stay in our homes. Our parents are not very friendly people because they have not accepted us. So we're sitting here at home. You want to watch TV, you must go right in front of the TV and everybody will be shouting, you are not transparent, you know. Mm. You go to the hospitals. The security guard at the hospital will tell you, nobody is allowed in. How am I going to go on without mm. my sunscreen? Mm. The, 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 the sanitizers, all the people have done their sanitizers. Nobody has tested it on our skin to the Is it sensitive or are we going to make it? Yes, but against all odds, we have made it. And as we celebrate, we don't want to celebrate only on the 13th of June, as Nompilo says. It is a process. And as we speak right now, Casey, a child with albinism is born. Mam Masibuko, you're raising such important issues and um, some of them include around your own personal challenges even to date um, of being questioned unnecessarily because of this condition. And the other one, of course, is how we can begin to deal with the issues that emanate in particular out of families um, that are having to raise children with albinism. What role do you think that families can play in providing a a safe space um, for their children, especially given how cruel, by the sounds of it, the world is um, to people with albinism? One, Kathy, I must say to the family that albinism is hereditary, but our elders, we're not telling us to say there is a great-grandfather or a great-grandmother who had albinism. And albinism doesn't just come from nowhere. Both of the parents 
are carriers of the gene of albinism. Women are blamed by their husbands, by their uh, 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 families, the in-laws, to say, we don't have a person with albinism in our family. It is the woman who has brought this albinism into our family. No, it takes two to tango for me to be born with albinism. Both my parents are carriers. So, one, we must educate. Let's, I advocate now for the family history because the family history goes beyond albinism, gets into mm-hmm. a, 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 a diabetes, gets into cancer. If people talk about their family history to say these are the diseases, these are conditions that we have as a family, then the family will not be surprised when the, 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 the daughter-in-law comes with a child with albinism. It is in the, uh, in the genes of the family. And my husband... Who will stand and all, even walk away, who have seen mothers of children with albinism raising their children single-handedly because the, the father says, I don't have a gene that will give to a, a child. And Kathy, mind you, I'm putting it diplomatically. We are swear our mothers are suffering because they are, they are called names. Even when we go to the neighbors, the neighbors will fight over children and say that is why God has cursed you and gave you a child with albinism. Mm. Oh, that is not true. That is not right. We are engaging traditional healers and traditional leaders to say let's remedy it because the traditional healers mm. are saying body parts of persons with albinism will make you rich. Body parts of Persons with albinism will, will, will give growth to your, to, 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 your, to your business. We're saying that is not true. We're advocating fully because we saw a child in Whitbank who was killed by her principal, who later agreed. But the perpetrator, and Kathy, let me say to the listeners and to yourself, the killings were rife in Africa. We have engaged even Africa. It is only that we came through the influence. The girl in Guazulu uh, Natal, was killed through Mozambique. And the girl in Pumalanga was killed through Swaziland. So as the Alpinism Society, as the Alpinism sector, we're saying to our government, let's educate you. There is an action plan on albinism that will put all of Africa. We are working on that as the, uh, the, uh, the albinism sector. We've got a task force that was formed by the independent experts mm. on, on the United Nations to say the action plan will take us far so that we unite. It is just uh, unfortunate that COVID cut us short. We were planning as South Africans, people with albinism, to say when our, our president was leading Africa, silencing the guns was as equal to say, stop killing people with albinism. But we were unfortunate because we were silenced and we had to keep to ourselves. But mm. nevertheless, we don't despair. We are busy with the Department of Women, Youth, and People with Disabilities to say, can you assist? We can shout, 
But if government doesn't want to take and come in, they are leading the country. I want and to, sure, sure. Thanks for that, uh, Mama Zibuko. I, I want to bring Numpuilo and, and reality in here. And and perhaps, as you know, just as, as young people, um, speak to me about the the family dynamic, Numpilo, and how even through your work as as an activist you're probably having to take some members of of your family along with with uh, along on the journey with you what has been your experience numpilo yes um my my experience family dynamics okay my parents themselves didn't understand okay didn't have more information about the condition of albinism they didn't know it was a genetic condition. Mm-hmm. So for them as well, I think it was a shock as well. And also to the to the community at large. However, they they grew to accept me and love me for who I am because they, they did support me against all odds. And the community as well, I think they they got to the idea of me being around them. They teased me then came to a point of like, okay, we, we've teased her enough now. We're living with her. Like, they adapted to me being around them. Mm. And other family members, I think um, they they were shocked as well. They questioned a lot about the condition to a point that there was one case where one of the family members were like, okay, this is not our child because of the condition, because of the lack of knowledge as well. Mm. So the family part, I'd say it, it, it takes a while. It takes adapting to and accepting that, okay, we have a child like this. Now let's, let's raise her and love her and protect her from, from everything. Because mm. now you get, um, since we're running a documentary, which is a research, educational and awareness documentary, because we believed that we can't just take on the assumption that we know or the information that we've heard back in the years. However, we need to have solid research ourselves is, is to the perception around albinism today. So we found one of the family members in Greytown that the parents actually still hide their kids because of their condition. So them the, themselves don't understand the condition till today. So they end up depriving the kids' rights to freedom of movement and all because mm. they themselves lack knowledge and then they pass it on to the kids. Mm. Reality? Um, <laughs> I think for me, uh, my feelings are split like 80-20% and I explain what I mean. Mm. Um, when I grew up, I think I mentioned this before, um, when I grew up personally, because we all have our personal experiences and our personal perspectives, so at home for me, um, it was just like never acknowledged in a way, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so 20% of feelings that I had at first growing up was a bit of like resentment because I was like, like, why won't you acknowledge it? Why won't you tell me? Why won't you prepare me? Because obviously now I'm, I'm, I'm at home, no one acknowledges it, and I go out in society and it's a different story. Mm. Um, but then there's another 80% of me as I'm growing up and maturing that kind of appreciates it because they never treated me differently at home, Right. Uh, they never made me feel like I, I was different. They took me to normal schools, um, and it kind of pushed me to be the person that I am now, um, being confident and actually forging my own way in the world, right? 
um, as I'm sure you can hear, yeah, these puppet legs, but, you know, <laughs> you know, but it, it's helped me because, you know, Kathy, as I said, um, um, who I am in my identity, uh, as I'll always keep emphasizing, is very much mm-hmm. rooted in my, in my faith. And, I, I, you know, I understand now what the Word of God means in Romans uh, 8.28 when it says, all things work together for good, right? Um, because, you know, sometimes we don't get what we need or what, what we want, but I believe it was what I needed because now I can go out with the confidence and, you know, having a bit of a tough skin and be able to empower others because I believe that my life is not unto myself. I don't live unto myself, but unto others. So that was the thing. Um, I think maybe now growing up, we are starting to have conversations. But then again, for me, um, you know, as I said, I identify myself differently anyways, um, based on my faith. So, yeah, the relationship is good. Um, and yeah, I think I can I can put it like that. Okay, it's all right, sure. Th- thank you so much for 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 answering those questions. I, I, and I do know that it does require a level of vulnerability because you're also letting us uh, a bit into your personal spaces. But uh, it's been really great to hear how you've been able to 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 navigate that terrain with your families, and uh, it shows just how much and how far. The education needs to go. A reality speaks about, you know, it, it wasn't acknowledged. Uh, so to some extent, not being really prepared um, for what the world, the response beyond the walls of, of her home would have meant for her. And, and that's really, really important. We're going to take a quick break and we'll continue our conversation after this. Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Hi, Kathy. I'm wanting to comment uh, about the discrimination against people with albinism. I think it's also a broader issue besides albinism. It's also the LGBTQ plus community, as well as people with disabilities, such as people with, who are in with wheelchairs, crutches, um, people who are deaf, blind, etc. Um, if we don't become inclusive, especially in media, for example, ads that's on TV, for example, um, into our soapies, local media, etc., then um, it will always be discriminated against because people don't know what the norm is because for some people it's not a norm, so they would want to discriminate and exclude. Thank you. Morning, Kathy. It's Terence from uh, Whitley Park. Uh, you know, these guys living with urbanism, I think they, we need more and more exposure so that people can get used to them. I, I guess there are more professionals who can read news, who can do presenting on TV. As long as they appear on TV, people will get used to them. They'll be exposed and be seen that, no, they're just normal people like us, just like more of gays. Some of us now understand the case because of some of them who normally appear on TV or who normally present on radios. Abosomizi from Metro, Serpim Kize from Ukozi FM. More and more of them, they expose themselves and people get to know them. Let them also read news, acting and all those kind of things. People will learn more and see how beautiful and normal they are. Hi, Kathy. It's Muzi here. I really feel uh, the pain for the people with albinism. You know, we really need to start teaching our children that 
they are normal human beings like us and then uh, teach them to undo the myths that we were taught for example i grew up knowing that uh, people with albinism do not die a normal death they just disappear only when i grow up then i know that they disappear because we are killing them for whatever belief that is in us you know we really need to stop this and change our attitude thank you hi Katy. good morning um is albinism dealt with in life orientation because it is crucial that at early age children understand you know what albinism is and why they should not be discriminated so i believe that in schools uh, life orientation subjects should be one to deal and also help society to be more informed and, and educated about this thank you Kathy Motlatana on SAFM. All right. Thank you so much for those uh, WhatsApp voice notes. A lot of them really reflective. And the message coming out of some of them is that representation matters. Um, and, and you have to be able to to see people who look like you, um, who are doing different things in the world, to know that it's possible for you as well. And uh, the conversation of representation has been had across uh, race, but it matters even more so for minority groups. Groups, right, because we judge a society by how they treat the most vulnerable amongst them. Um, let me get ready then to wrap up our conversation uh, with our guests today. Uh, this weekend, of course, is it's going to be an important one in in particular on 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 Sunday, Numbilo. Uh, so tell me a little bit about um, some of the programs that you've been involved with in terms of of campaigns, very briefly for me, and I'll also get Reality and Mama Zibuko to wrap up. Okay, currently we are running a documentary which is a research and educating and also raising awareness documentary which covers people from different backgrounds, from mm. different societies. We covered people from Izingzangoma, Abatandazi, people from church, teachers from school. Um, we've approached different government mayors on their input and what have they done around the condition of albinism, trying to get different perspectives and also try to get a solid platform on how to move forward, raising awareness, having known the different um, understandings from different people. We even went as far as interviewing people from streets. What is their understanding of albinism? Mm. So we're currently running that. And due to limited resources, because it's a self-funded documentary, we are a bit on pause with that, but we're hoping to get um, support and help from different organizations, including the, the government as well, to process it. And it will be running on SABC as a form of educating and raising awareness as well. Mm, all right. Well, well, do keep us posted in terms of um, what happens. And, and I'll also ask you uh, to maybe give details for people who do want to uh, support you to be able to, to complete the work of this of that project. Uh, reality? Um, Kathy, you know, I'll just make a final remark. Mm. You know, I just believe that we all have uh, a part to play and it's very important for us to play it. 
to make sure that we shine light, we shine awareness, um, and that we empower and we educate people. You know, so for me, uh, I just want to say to all your listeners uh, that thank you so much for coming on this journey with us today. Uh, you guys are loved. Um, you know, there's a purpose on each and every single one of our lives, and it's just very important to never allow um, anybody to speak down to who you are and how you have been created because it is wonderful. You know, I would like also maybe to extend, um, you know, an avenue for people who have been listening, um, who have been feeling empowered, who want to engage with me more. Um, I don't know if I can leave a number here that people can reach out to because I offer Yes, yes, you authors. can. Yes, you, you know, can. Uh, you guys can reach me out at any time at 067 907 9222. I'll say it again. It's 067 907 9222. And, uh, you know, I'm keen to share, share my story uh, and um, let other people know how you know, they can arrive at this level of faith and confidence to go out into the world and shine despite any obscurity, uh, despite the discrimination that people could have enforced upon them, you know, because you are the beautiful and it's time to arise and shine for your light has come. Thank oh, you so much, Reality, you are absolutely a light. Uh, Mama Zibuko, I've got a minute for you. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately so. Yeah. Uh, one, I would like to say, Counseling is very important for uh, parents and especially mothers when they leave the hospital. And then the terminology, we are not people living with albinism. We are people with albinism. We don't acquire albinism. We don't live with albinism. Mm, mm. And then I think it is important that we work together, not only during Kathy, we would like to have more time in your, in, your, in, in, your, in your program, not only during the albinism day, so that we find time and educate and talk to our people. I think it's very important to see young people being eager to go out. The Albinism Society is going to be running a, on, the, on, the, on, on, on the WhatsApp groups and because now it's, it's, you can't call people to mm. uh, meetings, but we are having a webinar with the Department of Women, uh, Youth and People with Disabilities on Sunday that will be the activity from the uh, uh, albinism sector. Right. And we have been united with all the disabilities. Albinism only came to be acknowledged as a disability in 2015 by the United Nations. Mm. And that has given us a platform where we could speak because right. we didn't understand other people with albinism said, mm. I'm not disabled, I my eyesight, because our eyesight is not the same, Kathy, but the skin, we all suffer from skin cancer if we don't look after our skin. An uh, uh, International Albinism Day against all us. We will keep on shining. Hashtag, we are also people. Thank you. Mama Zebuko, you have my commitment. We will certainly make sure that we have you on again just to speak about some of the issues we have not been able to get to today. That's where I leave it for this week with you. Uh, Sakina Kamwendo is up next with the update at noon. It's also Sakina's favorite day of the week. Happy weekend. Happy Friday, Sakina. Good afternoon.